Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will. Hey there, good evening. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. And uh, we are streaming live here on a Tuesday evening this week with the Packers playing on Thursday night football. We figured we would split the difference. Uh, so we'll be chatting a little bit about a nice Packer win uh, on Sunday and do a quick recap of that. Dane was in the house at Lambeau Field in person. So eager to get that perspective. And then uh, after we get that wrapped up, we'll shift right over and start to focus on uh, another NFC North battle. Uh, we're going to Detroit on Thursday to play uh, on Thanksgiving Day, uh, which is always fun to do um, in Detroit. And uh, we're going to get the uh, not often do we say this, the division leading Detroit Lions in their house on Thursday. So first of all, Dane, how are you doing this evening? Good wags. How you doing, man? Happy almost Thanksgiving. It's a short turnaround, but you know, we're not talking about a bad taste in our mouth. There's a heck of a performance, I thought, by the team last week. Uh, so happy to get a dub and maybe, you know, depending on how this year goes, might be a statement win for this team, especially for this young offense. So I'm kind of riding high going into Thursday. Uh, it's going to be a tall task against Detroit, but you know what? Um, you know, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for, for this coming Thursday. It's going to be fun to watch on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Dane. I mean, it's, it has been good to see the Packers playing consistently good football. Uh, honestly, on both sides of football, offensively and defensively, uh, a, a little bit of a hiccup with special teams this past week in particular. But, uh, that being said, uh, three weeks in a row, really, the Packers have played uh, what I would consider a normal and solid football game. Uh, that wasn't the case for a while before that. So, um, it's hard to forget that the Packers were two and five and they've won two out of their last three games. And, um, uh, honestly, uh, you've got to, you said it, you've got to be very encouraged by what we've seen uh, from the offense and Jordan Love, especially these last couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, they may not have gotten the win in Pittsburgh, but I was there and I thought they played a complete football game. Um, I don't know how Pittsburgh keeps pulling those games out, uh, but uh, it is what it is. We put that one to bed. Um, but this week, you know, a talented Charger team comes to town and the Packers were able to go back and forth and ultimately pull out a big win. So, Dane, with you being there in person, uh, any, I just curious to see, uh, what some of your in-person perspectives were. I shared from last week from being in Pittsburgh. So I'm eager to hear what, uh, your insights and, and your observations were from being in Lambeau on Sunday. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Wags. Um, first and foremost, we saw it, I think. Y'all saw it from, from TV, but Jordan Love looked really, really positive. I was really impressed with what Jordan looked like there. Um, I thought the offensive line played fairly well, uh, in pass protection, but Jordan was able to part in part because Jordan was able to move around in the pocket. Um, everything that I've seen from him on TV that I suspected, um, was, was more or less, um, confirmed. I thought on Sunday, he sees the field. 
really, really well. He's not perfect at seeing the field, but man, he can see it pretty well. Um, the game doesn't look too fast at all for him. Uh, he's, he's able to move around the pocket with some, with, with some ease. A couple missed throws there. There, there was one to Musgrave in the second half. Um, that I think Musgrave, Luke Musgrave might still be running if Jordan was able to complete it. He had him wide open. I'm not sure how evident it was on TV, but he was wide, wide, wide open. And that was one, the only throw I thought of the entire day. And all the fans around me, every, we were on the home side. Everybody was like, that's a throw that he's going to look on film on Monday and say, that's a throw I got to make. So, you know, he really only had one that was glaring to me, but he also... I thought made some really, really difficult throws, throw across his body uh, on one, um, you know, the touchdown throws were both really, really good as well. So Wags really encouraged by Jordan Love, Jaden Reed, your guy, you're spot on. Um, my buddy that I went with, every time Jaden Reed touched the ball, my buddy said, oh, I bet Wags is smiling right now. Um, because, you know, it, it's a reality. Jaden Reed is legit. He's, he's a guy. Packers definitely found a guy in Jaden Reed. Um, and Dontavian Wicks. Um, I, I said it to our group chat during the game and, and I meant it. I thought he looked like the best receiver on the field for big portions of the game. He's open, Wags, a lot. Um, like a lot, a lot. And, and his route running looked really, really good. He's not getting as many snaps maybe as Dobbs and Watson, but, my goodness, um, Dontavian Wicks can, can really play ball. Offensive line, um, they really rotated heavily at the left tackle position. I, I'm pretty sure it was every other series or nearly every other series. It was Rashid Walker or Yash Nyman, and they kept rotating. So it's clear that that battle continues. I was impressed with uh, Rashid Walker's pass protection in particular this week. Um, Sean Ryan got another series. He got another touchdown, a drive. So, you know, he looked really, really good. I thought in very limited opportunity, I think it's just a matter of time until we see Sean Ryan getting some serious run, uh, with this offensive line. And then finally the tight end group Wags, this is a young group, um, but particularly Luke Musgrave and, and, and Tucker Kraft. I thought they really came alive. Tucker Kraft had that one down the sideline. Stepped out of bounds. Everybody knew he stepped out of bounds. Uh, that was kind of right in front of um, our seats there. So we had a pretty good view of that. But um, I would say that both Musgrave and Tucker Craft were, were efficient in the run game, largely, uh, and, and also were, were noticeably more active in the pass game this week. So offensively, Wags, that's really where um, I paid a lot of attention. Obviously, paid attention to everything, but really focusing on the offense and just took another bunch of strides this week. It's a young offense, but Wags, they're getting better. They're straight up getting better. And and the you know, the first quarter, kind of looking around, going, ah, they look a little a little off. But when they started to get their rhythm. They look, they look very competitive as an NFL offense against this Chargers defense. So I was really impressed um, g- going away from that game. Whether we won or lost, I was going to be really impressed with the offense. But the fact that Jordan was able to have that fourth quarter comeback, have that touchdown strike, Christian Watson needed that touchdown. Really grateful he was able to do that. So, um, you know, all in all, an awesome experience. And then, of course, Lambeau Field, incredible. As always, the fans were rowdy. Um, jump around was nuts. Roll out the barrel was huge. It was just, it's Lambeau field. What can I say? Best experience in professional sports. Just had a great, great time. And the weather was 45 degrees and sunny. So can't go wrong with that. 
Yeah, Dane, uh, from that perspective, I think even though I was in Pittsburgh the week before, the game day experience was phenomenal for both of us two weeks in a row. So that's that's always good to see in the weather. Um, we'll, we'll deal with, with bad weather to go to a Packer game, but it's also not bad when it's uh, seasonably nice out. Um, so Or unseasonably nice, I should say. Dane, you basically covered a ton of ground there. I, there's one thing I want to... Uh, there's lots of things I could dive into further, but there's one thing I want to uh, cut into with 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 the knife a little bit, yeah. um, and and more broadly, just discuss the. You mentioned the offense is looking like a real NFL offense, and what they were able to do to 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 gain some rhythm on Sunday. That's what I saw the previous week. To an extent, we saw that against the Rams and the win three weeks ago, uh, but. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Because, um, it, it, it's evident that it's not just more guys getting aligned and, and consistent performance. Um, offensive line as a whole, what's, what's, that's really, I think, been a key to the turnaround. And then some of the skill guys have followed. You mentioned Christian Watson getting in the end zone. That was huge. Romeo Dobbs gets in the end zone. That's huge. But really, it was those two rookie wide receivers that were the standouts um, for, for most of the game coming up with, with a lot of the big catches. Uh, so it, it is interesting just to look at that from a more broad perspective. But what, what was a really big sign to me was there were some times Packers went up to the line of scrimmage with some tempo. Uh, that wasn't something that we've seen from this offense at all, uh, I, I don't think, until this last week. And I'm not talking like two-minute drill. I'm talking like in the middle of a drive, they're getting up to the line of scrimmage and, and trying to force the tempo a little bit. Not every play, mind you, but uh, there's, to me, when when an offense is on the same page, that's a huge sign because that's a little nuance. Communication, recognition, everyone uh, really being dialed in that can be very underrated when you've got a high-functioning offensive unit. Uh, but when you've got a struggling one, it doesn't feel like you're ever going to get to that point. That feels like light years away. Uh, but the Packers were able to um, really take advantage of some opportunities, I felt, to force the tempo uh, here and there uh, at, at times of opportunity on Sunday. So uh, when I saw that, I was really encouraged uh, obviously independent of all the success that they had uh, with some of the drives and scoring opportunities as well. It's a good, I mean, it's really good insight wags and, and also doing a lot of this without two of their three running backs, I thought was huge as well. I mean, their hands were tied behind their back. I thought largely going into the, um, going into the, the second half and especially the fourth quarter. And we can talk about that next, some, some roster changes here, but um, good news was it looks like Aaron Jones, you know, that injury, not as serious as it looked, but my gosh, Wags in the moment, I've never experienced a, a game where the cart comes out for one guy and then the same series, the cart has to come back for another. It was, it was honestly pretty frightening. The fans, it got quiet quick when Aaron Jones went down and then Emmanuel Wilson a little bit later, um, but it, it sounds, especially for Aaron Jones's sake, that it's not a long, long-term one, um, and we're able to dodge some of that. But really impressive poise by this offense. To, to you mentioned the tempo, and you mentioned guys just stepping up when they needed to. The Packers became 
game a little bit more one dimensional there in the second half, but they still found a way to, to win largely on these young guys. Yes, Jordan Love, but also these young wide receivers and tight ends just really, really stepped up in a big moment and did what they needed to do. So I just across the board, I mean, it's impressive. Are the Chargers undefeated going into this game? Certainly not, but they can win football games and the Packers be able to hang with them, um, you know, and, and really battle and fight the way they, they did. It's, it's, it's really, really encouraging to see. It's not something I would necessarily expect out of a bunch of rookie and second year wide receivers and skill position guys. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, just, it looks like Emmanuel Wilson may have avoided a serious long-term injury as well. Uh, but that still didn't stop the Packers. Uh, I think let's dive into this for making yeah. a couple of roster moves. Um, re-signing, uh, James Robinson. Um, so he's back. Uh, Patrick Taylor is back as well. Um, they signed him off of the Patriots practice squad. So clearly, even if it's not going to be long term, we'll see what it actually is. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an IR stint, um, for one or both of them. But if it's not season and season ending, that would be huge news. For the Packers, uh, certainly, uh, and I was fearing the worst, uh, ACL for Jones, and See. that wouldn't have just been this season, but that would have been next season, uh, in terms of impact. So, uh, it looks like the Packers escaped from that one. I, I mean, it was the way Aaron Jones, uh, was reacting to it wasn't just the card. It seemed like, he thought he had blown up his knee. So um, I don't know if you could see that from the stands, but on TV they were showing the uh, his his face and the, his he kept covering it with the towel as he was getting carted off the field, and he just looked absolutely devastated. Yeah. So that was tough to watch, uh, but um, fortunate. It sounds like he was in good spirits after the game, and fortunate that even though he's not going to be playing this week uh, against the Lions, it's going to be uh, a situation that. Um, maybe we'll even have a chance to get him back this year. And e even if not, uh, depending on what they find out with the extent of the injury, uh, the fact that it's not going to be a, a, a significant long-term injury um, it, it is huge. Uh, we could sure use him this year, but um, at this point, this is a growth season. So uh, I, I just wouldn't have, I would have felt terrible if, if Aaron Jones would have had to go into next season still recouping from, from an injury that he sustained here um, uh, against the Chargers on Sunday. Yeah, and Wags, I mean, talk about a character guy. We all know how cool, you know, Aaron Jones has been, what a pro he's been in his time in Green Bay. But um, the fact that it sounds like the the team wanted to kind of keep him back um, in the locker room, and he said that he, he was able to get back out there in the fourth quarter on the sidelines, and he thought that that, you know, might help boost morale a little bit, says all you need to know about him yeah. as a man. I mean, it's it's just cool, right? I mean, it's cool. This is a team's got three wins, and dude's hobbling back out there just to support his guys and, and you know, just be another vocal leader. It's It's cool. It's cool to see that, and it's it's exciting to have Patrick Taylor back. And and the way that this works, they signed him off the the Patriots practice squad, um. So that's a three game minimum uh, that that he's owed financially. So you said it, Wags, that you know one or both of of, of Jones and Wilson could go to the IR. Um, this isn't a one week fix, I think, with Patrick Taylor, right? I mean, I think that there, there's a good chance we have Patrick Taylor in Green Bay the remainder of the season based on on them bringing him and pulling him off the practice squad. And it's another opportunity for him. Looked like his time in Green Bay had come and gone, but now he's RB2 for the Green Bay Packers. And I think we're going to see a pretty decent 
heavy dose of him, not only on the offense, but uh, to make room for him. Dallin Levitt was released, uh, special teams guy for the Packers safety. And, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Patrick Taylor isn't the, the punt protector taking Dallin Levitt's spot there and, and really filling in where Dallin Levitt, um, was. Um, for the remainder of the season on the practice squad, or excuse me, on the special team. So it's a, it's a big swing. The NFL's crazy. Taylor, uh, was quoted today saying that he was, um, that the Patriots had their bye week. He was watching the Packer game with his wife and, uh, saw the injuries happen. And he looked at his wife and said, you know what? I might be going back to Green Bay. And just a few minutes later, he, or later, he got a phone call from his agent saying the Packers had reached out. It's it's crazy how this NFL works, but excited to have Patrick back in Green Bay um, despite the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I, I mean, I, that said, I thought Patrick Taylor played awful well, some of the best football he ever played uh, as a Packer earlier this season. And uh, not only because he's a friend of the podcast, was I bummed to see him go, but just based on the performance that he had out there on the field, um, honestly, I, I, I understand uh, why the Packers made the move that they did. They were looking at Wilson as, as a guy that they could keep on the roster and on a, a rookie, uh, salary for the foreseeable future. And so that's financial and potential. Um, Patrick Wilson, it wasn't in that situation. Uh, so they had to make a tough decision and move on, but purely from a performance perspective, he was getting all of the, the run uh, ahead of Emmanuel Wilson. Wilson was, typically uh inactive uh, on game day uh for the games that uh will that excuse me Patrick Taylor was called up to the 53 earlier this season so um i so you don't want injuries to happen these things happen in the NFL though uh and i, I still like Emmanuel Wilson's potential so i'm not bad uh i am not trying to take anything away from him when i say this but it's hard not to think that from that standpoint, they might have gotten a little bit of an upgrade in terms of a guy, how ready he is to step in and play some situational football. Now, when it comes to Aaron Jones um, and re-signing James Robinson, there's no like comparison that mm. you're going to lose a lot. We saw how much this offense lost with Aaron Jones being off the field uh, weeks two through what, five-ish and basically six because he didn't get a full complement of snaps that first uh, week or two back. It struggled. So I am going to be interested to see just how much this offense has grown. Um, and this isn't how you want to try to, to get the litmus test to figure this out. But if they have indeed gotten a lot better uh, in the last few weeks, being without Aaron Jones is going to be a huge indicator this week as to what strides they have made because they sure looked pretty bad without him early this season. It wasn't just the fact that he wasn't out there. We know that was a huge contributor, but if they're able to still uh, show that they're playing better and be consistent and, and do some good things on the offensive side of football without Aaron Jones starting this week, and we'll see for how long into the foreseeable future, that to me will show tremendous strides. And um, I, I will have to give the coaching staff some of their uh, kudos as well, because I think um, as critical as both of us were and, and lots of other Packer mm -hmm. fans of a lot of the coaching staff uh, with the way the Packers were playing, uh, it wasn't just losing games. It was the way they were playing uh, that we uh, drew those criticisms. Uh, they've seemed to have figured some things out um, in, in the last few weeks. So uh, we'll see if that continues as well. 
Yeah. And and now, you know, so we're going into a short week, right? And I'm I'm actually pulling I don't know if you have the injuries list pulled up right now, Wags, but um it's yeah. lengthy. Um yeah. and you know, there's a lot of key guys um look to look to be banged up for this Packer offense. Do you mind reading some of them off, Wags, if you got one pulled up and we can kind of Yeah, you know what? I'm it's hard to predict, but I'm going to start with Jair Alexander because uh, obviously he missed last week, um, was a limited participant late in the week for practice, ended up not uh, going. He had a questionable uh, designation on Saturday, but um, limited participant. Granted, they're not true practice um, participation with it being a short week um, for Monday and Tuesday, but it's going to be kind of a toss up because the game is Thursday. That said, um, I wouldn't be shocked if Jair is back out there on Thursday. That would be a huge lift. Um, got to give the secondary, all those guys, next man up mentality, uh, huge kudos for the way that they played on Sunday. Uh, but, uh, gosh, I would feel a lot better about going into Detroit with that, uh, dangerous and potent offense. Uh, with Jair Alexander able to get out there on the field on Thursday. So uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what actually happens. But I think at least some opportunity with a, a few more days rest to potentially get out there. Um, then as far as some of the DNPs that uh, are, you know, it's going to be tough to envision a scenario where m- most of these guys are inactive Thursday. Uh, Devondre Campbell with a neck injury. Um, we'll see, but, uh, has a DNP designation for Monday and Tuesday. Um, DeGuara with the hip injury. Um, I don't think he's going to be out there at all. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if DeGuara misses multiple games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, again, we'll have to wait and see if we get an update on that. Um, and, and that might be an opportunity, Dane, for a Henry Pearson yes. to get called up to the 53-man roster. Um, I, I I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I, sorry to name drop, but. Uh, Henry's older brother, uh, likes to hit us up on Instagram and he said immediately when he saw that, you guys, this is going to be the opportunity. And I was like, dude, we've been saying Henry Pearson should be called up for weeks now. So it's overdue. You never like to see it happen because of injury, but, um, I think, uh, it'll be a a nice opportunity to, to have someone else, another young player that we really liked in the preseason, have an opportunity to step in and see what he can do. So, um, so that, that I expect might be, uh, uh, an answer to the Deguara injury. And then certainly, obviously we've talked, touched on, on Jones and, and Wilson. Um, they won't be out there this week, but uh, another big one, uh, another couple of big ones, Dane, uh, is, is Musgrave, uh, with an abdominal injury. Um, and then uh, Dontavian Wicks is in concussion uh, protocol. So I, I think it's going to be extremely difficult for Wicks to clear the concussion protocol before Thursday. Uh, so that one, I'm just pretty skeptical that he'll be able to go. He might say that he feels fine, but we know how that uh, uh, works with the concussion protocol. It almost seems like it's a one-game minimum in a normal week. Uh, when a guy gets under concussion protocol, let alone on a short week. So we'll see what happens with that one. But right when Wicks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, made us look good, you've been singing his phrases all year and I, I made him our, our X factor last mm-hmm. week and, and he delivered right, right on a timely fashion. Uh, but, um, uh, those Dane is a lot of key injuries. The rest, there's, there's a lot of other guys on the injury report. It's, it's a, mile total. Yeah. it's a mile long and, and, you know, six feet wide at this point. But 
Um, but I, I, I don't know if there's any other ones that you would call out, uh, even with some limited, uh, participation, um, in terms of the designation that you're going to keep an eye out for, for the Packers. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous enough just, you know, Wicks and Musgrave. The, they're, they're two guys that Jordan's really been clicking with offensively. And I think they're just critical pieces to this offense. So those are the two that I'm really circling offensively that I think yeah. we could really be hurt with. And you want one other thing I would call out though, which which is, um, I think a good thing to take note of. I don't expect that we'll see him this week, but Darnell Savage is designated mm. to return from injured reserve. Um, so he could potentially be out there. I guess it depends on what they feel his readiness is uh, after missing the last four games. Um, and, uh, Rudy Ford after he missed last week, is designated as a limited participant in both practices uh, so far this week as well. So um, we could be getting healthier in the secondary. Uh, as I said, as, as admirable as those guys did to fill in last week, if we can get Jair, Rudy Ford, and Darnell Savage back, that would be a huge lift for this defense. Um, I don't think law of averages says that we'll get all three uh but even getting one or two of those guys back for thursday i think would be a significant boon for this defense yeah and i and i forgot to mention um one other highlight i thought from the game last week was Corey ballantyne had a chance to watch him closely at corner my gosh dude just competes every single snap so just i just an aside obviously we, we want jair back and we think that carrington valentine's got you know, a huge bright future. Uh, but Corey Ballantyne, you said admirable. I couldn't agree more. He battled constantly against a pass heavy, um, Chargers offense and, and Wags, you know, we, I kind of compared, I think last week, the Chargers offense to the Lions, um, in the sense that they're both just very, very good at what they do, but they do things a little bit differently. Uh, Chargers want to throw the ball a lot more, I think, than the Lions. I feel like the Lions are a little bit more balanced of an offense. Uh, but, but really looking at Detroit here, Wags, I think at, at the end of the day, they want to run the football, right? And they've got the guys to do it, uh, between David Montgomery and, uh, and Jameer Gibbs, two guys that can really put some points on the board. So going into this week, Wags, how do you see the Packers going on the road and what do they need to do to stop this or at least slow down this Detroit Lions offense that's been extremely successful all year? Yeah, it's, it's they're going to have to figure some things out because the last matchup, the Lions uh, just in week four completely dismantled this Packer defense. And um, if they hadn't taken their foot off the gas pedal, I think they could have hung 50 up uh, against the Packers and Lambeau Field on that day. Um, and it, it was the guys you mentioned, maybe not Gibbs as much, but Montgomery, my goodness, he had a day against the Packers. So um, hopefully uh, we've seen some better performances uh, and I, I give coach Barry some credit. Um, they really did a nice job against Austin Eckler and the Chargers run game last week. Uh, a lot of the rush yards Packers got, or I'm sorry, the Chargers got um, uh, was, was from um, uh, not from the running back position, um, but uh, from being able to to get out of the pocket and and run the ball um, from from the quarterback position, so that's that's always something that you want to try to limit. But uh, a guy of Austin Eckler's caliber, really, the only run he had any space on, and and even the one he did that I'm going to mention didn't really have space was on the third and one where he bounced outside, and it looked like 
Uh, Devontae Wyatt had him dead to rice, but just wasn't able to get an arm out to wrap him up. Um, and then Preston Smith initially had outside leverage, and I think he kind of crashed in as soon as he saw Wyatt get in there and start to disrupt the play. So it was more of a good play by Eckler on that than um, than necessarily anything that the Packers did wrong. But certainly they would have, if they would have been able to bring him down on that, you're talking about probably less than a, a sub 40 yard rush day for Austin Ackler on Sunday. You'll, you'll take that any day of the week. So um, if they're able to repeat any of what they did against the Chargers last week um, in terms of slowing down that running game for Detroit, that bodes well for them. Um, we still haven't been able to see a consistent pass rush, but I think it's just around the corner and, and maybe on this turf, in Detroit, uh, a guy like Rashawn Gary can show some of the speed uh, that he has around the edge and could start to get disruptive, particularly if Detroit has more third and, and, and long situations um, instead of, of marching up and down the field on offense. Uh, now, now you're giving some more opportunities to potentially get some disruption in that pass game. But it's not going to be easy. This is a highly effective Detroit Lions offense. They have been for a couple of years now, and uh, the Packers, frankly, haven't had much success against this Lions team in the last few seasons. So um, I know they were chomping out the bit to, you know, uh, they were taking it personal uh, in the first matchup, and they just got steamrolled. So I'll, I'll be interested to see what the mentality is this week to try to go into Detroit and level the scales a little bit. Uh, because clearly Detroit's had the upper hand, and even after the Packers had some personal motivation in that first game, um, Detroit took care of business and just was clearly the better team. Uh, so uh, we'll see if that's the case here on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, Detroit just wants to out-physical the Packers, and I thought they did that um, pretty easily, uh, that that first game. It's always hard to go into Detroit, um, you know, and and – it doesn't matter how good the Packers are, how bad the Lions have been historically. It's a tough place to play on on Thanksgiving national TV, the first game. Uh, you know, there's going to be a little extra juice, I think, going into this. But Wags, you know, I, I kind of at the top of this pod talked about maybe a signature win last week for this young Packers team. I'm looking for a, a signature streak now for this Packers team and kind of build some success here. Um, you mentioned the, the, the solid run game performance. Um, I thought TJ Slayton had a, a really nice performance. And then Kenny Clark was played a lot of snaps and was really active as well. We're going to need both of those guys to have another big week on, on short turnaround. These Thursday games, um, are so can be really sloppy, right? And they can kind of be games where, um, and even on Thursday night, uh, those games can be kind of tough to watch at times. And this is a Thursday morning game. So it's even less turnaround uh, for these guys' bodies, right? And guys are just, it's, it's, it really is a war of attrition. I don't want to say that the Packers are, are going to maybe catch the Lions off guard, but I will say that um, winning football games, the NFL can sometimes get contagious. And, and sometimes it just, Young guys, especially really young guys uh, on a team like the Packers, you win a couple and you haven't been around long enough to understand, you know, how hard it is to win. Right. And maybe you start to you maybe you start to carry that with you a little bit. And I mean that in a positive way. So going into this week, Wags, um, the, the Packers defense, the defensive line, it's going to be a line of scrimmage game. And it's going to be can we play a clean or cleaner football game than, than this team has played? 
for a lot of this season because the Packers aren't good enough right now, I think, to hang with the Lions for four quarters if they play sloppy football. But if they play a clean game and the, and the defensive line and kind of that front seven for the Packers can, can you know, kind of keep this Lions um, run game in check a little bit, I like the chances that the Packers can, can kind of hang uh, in Detroit. You mentioned the, the, the fast turf. Um, you mentioned, you know, some of the other things that, that are going on in this game. But at the end of the day, we need this front seven to be physical uh, up front, stop the run or at least slow the run and try to get these lines into third down. And, and, and then maybe from there, force Jared Goff to turn the football over a little bit and be opportunistic when those opportunities present, present themselves. You're on mute, Wags. Wags is on mute. Those listening on the pod, say, don't keep, worry. Keep talking. Yeah, I apologize. Uh, I was having some issues there with with technology. So anyway, um, I, I was going to say uh, a, a key for the Packers' offense, just to flip things a little bit um, as we go back and forth. Uh, keys to this matchup is the fact that they've been able to get that that pass game going uh, a little bit. Detroit is not the strongest against the pass. Uh, the P- Packers were uh, basically a mess in the pass game in that first matchup. I don't know that they would have been able to keep up to Detroit uh, had they been able to pass the ball effectively and score more points. But, you know, uh, they didn't give themselves much of a chance. And the way that we've seen Packers' uh, pass offense start to click a little bit the last couple of weeks in particular Gives me a lot of encouragement, even if we're banged up uh, with some of our running backs, that um, uh, if our run game doesn't quite set the tempo mm-hmm. um, offensively for the Packers in this matchup, that uh, we've got some things going in the past game. We've got some guys that have gotten going. Um, you know, uh, we mentioned you mentioned all of them. Uh, so um, it, it's going to be. I think incumbent on Jordan Love to come in there and be aggressive, move the ball down the field, spread it out, uh, be on the same page with some of his guys. Uh, there's not one person that the Lions are going to be able to key on and try to shut down the Packers pass offense. Frankly, none of the receivers or tight ends are good enough to be keyed on like that. And that's kind of an advantage in a, in a way, uh, when all of them start to play well at the same time, like we've seen in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, they're going to have to pick their poison and really, uh, Jordan Love is going to have to really read the line of scrimmage and see where he's got, uh, matchup advantages and, and attack. Uh, and I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity to do that on Thursday. So, um, I'm, I'm eager to see if the game plan for this one is a little less, we're going to try to establish the run and a little bit more, let's just attack where we know that Detroit probably is the better team, uh, but we've got nothing to lose. We're four and six. Let's go out there and sling the football around a little bit, not carelessly, uh, but let's be aggressive and let's see if we can, uh, you know, move the chains and, and put up some points in Detroit, maybe put a little bit of pressure on them. And uh, who knows? And if this defense can come up with a couple of, key turnovers uh that could be a real opportunity frankly dane Detroit hasn't been playing that good of football right. i know they've won the last three games but they got steamrolled by baltimore and frankly beaten a, a few pretty bad teams uh mm-hmm. the last few weeks uh the 
I, I will say they're good enough to probably beat Packers not playing their best if the Packers are not really on top of their game. Uh, so it, this isn't, I'm not saying that take for granted that Packers are going to go in there and, and have an easy win with how Detroit's playing. Uh, but I think they can be had. I, I really feel like Detroit's probably due for another loss at this point. So, um, it's just, you said it though, uh, we're going to have to go in there and play a clean game. Uh, but uh, Packers have some momentum and Detroit, you know, they're eight and two. They're going to most likely win this division, but that doesn't mean that they're not due to have a, a loss hung on them at, at some point here in the near future. Yeah. I can't believe I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you're saying. And I can't believe I'm saying this after how many weeks and years I, I say, establish the run, establish the run. I want to see Jordan Love sling it a little bit against Detroit. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if we're going to have the ability to establish the run against this Detroit defense, but I do see some soft spots in their defense for this offense. And, and even down Dontavian Wicks and even down Luke Musgrave wags, um, I'd love to see the Packers try to push the ball upfield. I was really impressed with some of Jordan's deeper throws um, last week, and I feel like he's starting to trust himself more and more on some of those downfield throws. He's at his best when he's attacking downfield, I think, even with a couple misses here and there. I think he's in a, a better rhythm overall when he is attacking downfield. This is a great opportunity and a great week against this Detroit team. You're right. We're four and six. They're eight and two. Let's go out there and and let's let's take them by surprise a little bit and let's just attack them downfield and let the chips fall how they're going to fall. Uh, but this feels like a really good opportunity again for some of our outside receivers and for your boy Jaden Reed to I think exploit um the the the, the nickel uh, defense here uh, uh, and the nickel corner for Detroit. I really think that this could be a week where Jaden Reed, um, you know, Packers trying to stretch the field a little bit on the boundaries and then kind of in that intermediary, Jaden Reed could really, really eat up this Detroit defense this week. Yeah, I love that prediction. So just uh, uh, probably hold that in your back pocket when we get to the X factors here in a little bit, Dane. But um, yeah, why not give Jordan Love uh, in this offense more bites of the apple? Uh, this is not a week where you want to, you know, get in in a lot of third down situations, manage the clock, um, and uh, give your defense a chance to win. This is a week where you got to go out, be aggressive, and do what you can to put some points on the board uh, early and get ahead in this game. You don't want to be chasing points against this Detroit team. Uh, they're good enough. They're hard enough to hold off even if you have a lead on them. So chasing is, is not an ideal situation to be in at all. So Dane, um, any other big keys to this matchup? I know we've been bouncing back and forth between offense and defense, but not really. Um, I mean, you know, it's like, we're like the way I look at it is right now, the Packers offense in particular is still feeling their own things out, right? What can they do? Good. What, what, what do they need to improve on? We're seeing that growth, but really can the Packers play it? Like you said, can they play a clean football game? Can they go in and execute a game plan? And, and can this offense, um, you know, uh, be competitive against this Detroit defense? I think they can do all of those things. But really, yes, they're playing the Detroit Lions. They're also kind of playing themselves a little bit right now. And can they continue to build off of that loss in Pittsburgh that was promising? And this week, last week at Lambeau, it would be awesome to go out on the road. They got a signature win at home this last week. It would be great and incredible to go get a signature win on the road 
in front of a national audience in Detroit. And that's really what I want to see is I don't want to see the Packers be competitive. I want to see them ag- aggressive. I want to see them attack. And I want to see this offense try to strike and get some points on the board. Yeah, Dane, what can Packers do just to jump back to the defense? You're looking yeah. at uh, a couple of other specific matchups. We talk about the Detroit run game, but um, Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta, uh, those two in combination are just in volume, eating up defenses across the league. Um, so even if we get a couple of guys back in the secondary this week, this is going to be a tall task. So what say you, um, let's say the Packers can figure out a way to somewhat slow down this Detroit run game. What are they going to do in those third and six situations when you've got two guys that just feast on defenses uh, in, in some of those short to, to uh, intermediate route options um, and, and can really stretch the field horizontally. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it, man. It's, it's, we've had an inconsistent run game or a pass rush game this year. It's all about the pass rush. It's getting to the quarterback. You're not going to get a win every single time, but we need somebody not named Rashawn Gary to start getting consistently to the quarterback. Um, and I don't care if it's continuing to kind of mask coverages and sending an extra guy certain ways, being a little creative on defense, but this is a defense that needs to be aggressive at the point of attack and needs to be able to get to Jared Goff. Um, I thought the Packers did a great job this past week and, and hell, even on the fourth down play, Kenny Clark um, didn't get to the quarterback, but he's able to get his hands up and, and knock that football down. And that's a difference, in my opinion, between a, a first down and continuing that game and, and obviously the Packers getting a win. So, Wags, it's being aggressive up front and it's allowing these guys to really go a, a, and get after it. And John in the chat says Luke Van Ness, and I couldn't agree more. Seems like a hell of a good week for Luke Van Ness to to put together a, a really good performance because, you know, Rashawn Gary, five and a half sacks now, um, looked, I thought, more the part this last week, even though he, I think he only had one sack. He was definitely getting in that backfield. And Justin Herbert proved really difficult to bring down and just kind of get to. Um, I, I'm not as worried about Jared Goff, uh, scramble ability as I was with Justin Herbert. Um, but, but Rashawn can't do it alone. And yes, other guys have done it, but between Luke Van Ness and Kingsley and Igbare, um, one of those guys I really think needs to step up and, and kind of get to that quarterback a little bit more consistently. Otherwise it will prove to be a pretty challenging day at the office yet again. Yeah, I agree. I think some other things that they could do just to mix up and disguise some different coverages. Um, we haven't really seen Coach Barry send guys from from the edge. So um, as long as we've got a speedster like Valentine out there, why don't we uh, send him a, a few times? I, I don't know how effective he is as a blitzer. Um, we haven't seen that at all. I'm sure there's been opportunities in practice and, and maybe from some tape of his college playing days to have a better feel for if he's got that skill set. But he certainly has the speed. Um, and so if you can rotate some things around, that's that can slow down Jared's golf read just enough for the defense to recover, even on some of those shorter to intermediate routes. Um, so, you know, you rotate guys over uh, the top when you when you dial things up like that. Or if nothing else, even if Valentine or another corner is unable to close and actually get a sack or disrupt it, um, 
it, it might be enough that Goff has to roll out uh, in the opposite direction, and that would also mess up the timing of, of all of those routes and, and maybe what they're trying to do on that particular play. Doesn't guarantee that you get a stop, but um, sometimes little things like that, we're always looking to say, well, you sent the corner on a blitz and so you didn't get the sack, that therefore it failed. No, there's lots of ways that that can disrupt the play. And so uh, that might be a- another look that uh, potentially, if I were the Packers defensive coaching staff, I would want to be looking uh, to, to exploit at times. Uh, but, Dane, uh, as we know, um, we don't always get what we ask for uh, no. from our, our defensive coaching staff. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I can't be too critical because defense has been pretty good most of this season, as crazy as it is to say. Uh, they have not been the problem, and we've been saying that for a while. So I think if the defense uh, shows up again the way that they have for the most part most of this season, um, that'll give us a chance. It's it's all it's going to be all about the offense and, and whether we can put some points up in this one. Yeah, no doubt about it, Wags. And, and just one other added thing is um, fundamentals with tackles. Devondre Campbell being out yet again, very likely this week. Um, just, just overall, this defense continuing to to get to the get to the ball carrier. I thought the defense largely did a good job of that last week, especially in key situations. But um, continuing to do that and really just kind of gang tackle this Detroit Lions offense, especially the running backs who have been fairly prolific this year um, when given the ball and given the ball in space. So I'm um, bringing down the ball carrier uh, effectively is going to be just a huge yeah. and critical part of this defense this week. Yeah. Dane, I got a question for you. Yeah. You have been predicting some big scores uh, the last few weeks for the Packers offense. Uh, so without giving away your score prediction for this week, uh, what's the number? What's the magic number that you think the Packers need to get to in order to have a, a real opportunity to win this game? Yeah, 28. I think it's right around the number the Packers are going to have to put up. Detroit's been too good offensively this year, um, not only in in getting points on the board, but also controlling the clock. Um, so, so, you know, with the run game comes good clock possession. So, um, I think the Packers are going to need to get a number of scores on the board to realistically win this game. Um, I, yeah. I, what, what can I say? I think that this Packers team's going to have to get some points. That's, that's all it comes down to. Yeah. I will say I thought they were going to need to get more than 23 to beat the Chargers sure. this last week. So, you know, I'll gladly be wrong if, if, uh, if I'm uh, incorrect, but I think you're probably about right with the number. Um, the the daunting thing to me, though, is that Packers have not gotten over 24 points in a game since the first game of the season. Um, and I mean, really, we're talking about them making some strides offensively the last few weeks, and they've put up 20, 19, and 23 points, which is fine. It's been enough to put get, have them in games and either win or have an opportunity to win at the end. Uh, but uh, I would agree with you. I think they're going to have to take it to a little bit of the next level uh, this week against the Lions. Now, that being said, don't miss a field goal. Don't miss an extra point. And um, they'd be knocking on the door at 28 right. in this last week. So um, it's easy to to do the mulligan uh, thing and say that, well, if we wouldn't have done this then, uh, but um, at least it's within the realm of possibility to be talking about a Packer offense, uh, even the uh, putting up 28 points, even if they haven't technically done that uh, since the first week of the season. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, that's the other thing to highlight, I think, this week is Anders Carlson needs to make extra points. Uh, that could have been a critical situation yet again at Lambeau last week. Fortunately, it didn't impact it at the end of the game. But um, this Packers team right now isn't, hasn't been good enough for to be leaving points on the field. I'm not going to crush the guy on a missed 50-plus yard field goal. That's tough. I don't care who you are. Um, but extra points need to be gimmies in the National Football League. And if that continues to be an issue it's going to be an issue, right? So that's the other thing that, you know, Anders needs to go in and, and hit those extra points. He needs to hit those field goals within 45 yards. And that's just the reality. Yep, absolutely. So Dane, I think it's time. Let's yeah. get to our Leap Spirits X Factors of the week. And of course, Leap Spirits is a premium vodka made only in Wisconsin. So if you need to get out early and, and mix up some cocktails uh, for Thanksgiving. You know I do, buddy. Nothing better than Leap Spirits. Uh, that Leap Vodka better be on that cocktail counter. Love it. Uh, Dane is holding up Leap Spirits pint glass right now uh, for those of you watching on the live stream. But um, so, Dane, I, I just have to say that uh, with it being a holiday, um, definitely going to whip up some, maybe some Bloody Marys on Thursday. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe just something as simple as a, a vodka orange juice. I, I, it's good Thursday morning. Let's, let's pregame right off the bat. And I think nothing better to do it than with Leap Spirits. So, uh, that said, let's get into our X factors this week. And Dane, I'm going to let you kick it off. I'll let you decide offense, defense. Who do you got as your first X factor? Yeah, my first uh, X-Factor is going to be on the offensive side. The Leap Spirits X-Factor. It's going to be Tucker Craft, tight end. Luke Musgrave's not going to be able to go. Um, it sounds like he, our boy Timmy said he lacerated his kidney, I think. I, I don't want to provide um, fake news, but I think it's something like that. And that's frightening. He's been in the hospital. So get well, Luke. Uh, you know, obviously right away. Um, but Tucker Craft is my, my guy this week. Um, you know, kind of had a, a bit of a, uh, some flashes this past week, uh, against, uh, Los Angeles. And, um, why not? Right. This is his chance to get a, a ton of snaps, I think, this week. And, um, you know, we're going to need him to help stretch the field. He's going to he's going to need to be able to catch some balls and he's going to have to be a good inline blocker. He's been better and better as the season's progressed as an inline blocker. Um, so what a chance, right, for, for Tucker Craft to get out there and get a, a, a full slate of snaps, run a good route tree and, and make a, a positive impact on this game. So for all those reasons, Leap Spirits, Tucker Craft. Dane, uh, I was going to pick Tucker Craft. I didn't think you were going to take him. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not going to lose sleep over it because that gives me an opportunity with an assist from you early in the podcast to swing right back to my boy, Jaden Reed, for Love X Factor it. on the offense side this week. I don't know how long I can keep doing this. Uh, not in name, but in production. Jaden Reed is basically wide receiver one for the Packers right now. Um, that said, uh, I agree with your sentiment. Uh, as you said earlier, it's hard not to keep picking this guy as an X factor. It seems how he goes. This offense has been going. Uh, it, it, maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement, but uh, when he's getting opportunities to produce and, and getting opportunities to make an impact, it seems like this offense is starting to find more rhythm and, and other guys are, are able to feed off of that. I think he's drawing gravity, uh, for opposing defenses, but he's still finding ways to 
get open and uh, make big plays every week. And that's exciting to see for such a young player. It's one thing to splash and have a couple of nice games. Uh, but then when you start drawing some attention and uh, – Frankly, uh, not a lot of other guys on the Packer offense have been doing that. And he's still able to make plays, and that starts opening things up for some of the other guys. Now we're kind of in a 3D chess level. Uh, so Jaden Reed continues to impress me. I'm not a Jersey guy, but I might need to get a number 11 here soon. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else I can say. I'm going to keep singing his praises until he notices that we're singing his praises. Jaden, I've been consistent since the day we drafted you. I said you were the guy I was most excited about the day in draft, and you've delivered. You get all the credit, but I want some credit for making uh, <laughs> uh, for, for making you uh, look good and you making me look good. This is a complimentary relationship. I don't know Jaden Reed. But I'm going to continue to sing his praises. I don't care. I'm not going to get sick of this. Uh, Jaden Reed for my offensive X Factor this week. That's so solid. That's so strong. I like this. It's a symbiotic relationship you and Jaden Reed have. He he doesn't know it yet, but he's going to, I think. Uh, this is awesome. Um, who you got on the defensive side as your Leap Spirits defensive player? Oh gosh, uh, I you know I'm gonna take another assist from you, and uh, I'm gonna live on the defensive line. I gotta say, Kenny Clark, and you know I think you said he played a little. He found ways to obviously with a big big pass deflection on the last play of the game, or not the last play, but last offensive play for the Chargers um, to to end the the game for the Packers last week. I think Kenny Clark needs to be part of the solution in putting pressure on the quarterback. We just haven't seen enough of that from him this year. And and Kenny Clark's been one of our favorite players for years for the Packers, but hasn't been having the most productive season this year. Uh, I'll just say it. Um, certainly, I know that you don't get a lot of uh, praise and attention when all of a sudden the run defense starts playing a little bit better. Um, so I think he's uh, quietly been very effective there, uh, but just has not been as disruptive in making some of those plays in uh, pass rushing situations. Um, and, and maybe that's by design, uh, that he's, he's realizing that he can't take as many risks and then that that could be exposing some other guys in, in rush running situations. Uh, I, I don't know that for a fact, but, um, nonetheless, Kenny Clark's too good of a player not to start um, uh, blowing up a little bit. He is one of those guys that seems to have big games in bunches. Um, he has had stretches throughout his career where it's like you look around and say, Kenny Clark's been, you know, probably pretty solid, but more quiet for a few weeks. And then he'll blow up and have a four or five game stretch where he looks like an all pro um, and which he's capable of being. So maybe this is a start of that kind of a stretch for Kenny Clark. So I'm going to go out there and yes, he's one of, uh, on paper, one of the best players on this defense. But if he can rise his game to another level, that level that we all know and he all, he knows he's capable of, this defense could all of a sudden, uh, really have an opportunity, uh, to, to be disruptive on another level. And, uh, they've been effective. But that's the type of performance that we might need uh, from an individual uh, of the caliber and talent of Kenny Clark in order to have an opportunity to slow down Detroit on Thursday. Great choice, man. I I love that. And I'm going to stick on the defensive line for my Leap Spirits uh, defensive X factor. And I'm going to go with the the rookie uh, standout, 
Carl Brooks. We've, we've talked a lot about how good he's been. Um, last week, Wags, um, he was right up there. Kenny Clark got 50 snaps. Uh, but then Devontae Wyatt, 33, TJ Slayton, 29, Carl Brooks, 25. So Carl Brooks is getting those snaps. And um, whenever he's out there, he seems to pop off the tape for us, both as a pass rusher in the interior, but also uh, in the run game. And it's no surprise that some the Packers have had some success as Carl Brooks has had success. So this is a week, right, where we need somebody to step up and, and make some plays uh, along this defensive line and out physical, the uh, physical offensive line of Detroit. Uh, one of their starting guards did not practice yesterday or today. Um, I'll tell you what, Wags, Carl Brooks, go pop him in the mouth. Go get after it. Go hit the quarterback. Go stop the run. Um, he's got all the talent in the world. Um, he's a guy that's just been really, really good for this Packers defense. This is a week. National TV. Carl, if you're listening, we believe in you on Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Go take care of business. Out physical. This physical offensive line. And get the job done. Let's get a win. Carl Brooks, my Leap Spirits X-Factor this week on defense. Dane, I'll tell you what, um, I don't know how accurate our X factors will be, but we've, we've got some good, uh, motivational speeches. I think the Packers should, uh, be posting it pregame and getting these that. guys fired up. Uh, passionate X factors this week from both of us. Let's go. All right. Score, pred- score predictions. Dane, I wasn't going to do this, but you, I asked you the magic number. You said 28. Um, you can't get decimal points, uh, in the NFL. Uh, but I'm going to price is right this and say the Packers get to 29 this week. Uh, just, to, uh, I, I'm not terribly confident, uh, as, as much as I uh, have loved to see some of the progression on the offensive side of the football. I'm not ready to predict the Packers are going to put up more than 30 points in a game until they do it against a team that's frankly not as good as Detroit. Uh, but I'll gladly be wrong if this is a week that that happens. That said, 29 for the Packers, 27 for Detroit. We hang on, go in, knock them off, get a win. That's two in a row, three out of four. Packers get to five and six. And uh, suddenly creeping in on the playoff picture. Hello, is that the Green Bay Packers music coming in here uh, late in the season and starting to get some momentum? I don't know, Dane. It starts with a big opportunity on Thursday, but I'm going to have Packers winning, 29-27. That's tremendous. And John in the chat says 25-19 pack. Love the optimism, Wags. Love the optimism, John. Wags, I agree. The Packers are not going to go over 30 points this week because they're going to get 30 points. Packers are going to go and win the game 30 to 27. I like your 27 for Detroit, but I think the Packers um, defense makes a big play here, there. I think Rudy Ford's coming back this week, Wags. I really believe that. And he's going to make a nice difference in the back end uh, for for the Pack playing over the top. He brings a physical presence to this defense. Uh, This whole theme has been physical, physical, physical. We need our physical guys back. Rudy's one of them. He's going to be flying around hitting dudes as well. Um, maybe gets his hands on a ball. But Packers win 30-27 against Detroit. And you're right. The odds aren't good, but the goods are odd. Packers win this game. They're getting awful close to sneaking in the back door of the NFC playoffs. Don't look now. Young Packers team gets hot. 30-27 Packers are going to win this game on Thanksgiving. All right, Dan. I hope we're both right. But I got to tell you, you just you know, boxed me in. I mentioned prices right strategy and you just go ahead and take it and just one up me. Um, that said, I don't know what folks are going to have to do, but I picked 
29. Like nobody scores exactly 29 points in an NFL game. So if I'm right, I feel like I deserve some like extra credit. I don't know exactly what that is, but I, I demand um, attention and adulation if the Packers end up with 29 points either way. Um, but Dane, congratulations for picking a normal score and, uh, and one upping me. I, I really appreciate that. I hope we're both right and the Packers get a win one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, you know, Bob Barker would be proud of both of us, I think, today, uh, for this one. We'll play Plinko next week on the pod, but, um, this is awesome, man. I, I know. Thanks folks for, for tuning in, especially on a uh, off night, a Tuesday night. Normally we're Mondays or. Or, or, or Thursdays, but heck, it's a Thursday night game or Thursday day game, Thanksgiving. Um, uh, I'm grateful for all of y'all for listening, uh, as always and for being able to talk about this Packers pod, you know, for what we're going on almost what four or five years now, Wags, doing this podcast. It's so much fun. I'm having more fun now than I've ever had. So thanks everybody for listening today. Yep. Absolutely. As always, be legendary and go pack, go. Pack, go. Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck Only thing I will say